Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Okay, you guys, here we go. This is the Kern River Fly Shop Podcast. I'm your host, Guy Jeans, podcasting directly from the Kern River Fly Shop in Kernville, California. On this podcast, we discuss everything outdoors. We talk about conservation, music, and life. This episode is brought to you by Sims Fishing Products, Fish It Well, Reddington Fly Rods, Find Your Water, Rio Lines Leaders and Tippets, Make the Connection, and Costa Sunglasses, whose frames are made from recycled nets to help protect our oceans. I'm ready. Are you ready? Let's do this! Right on. This is Guy, you guys. Welcome to the podcast. And this is our first ever guide roundtable. And I'm joined by Danny Hausch, one of the guides here at the Kern River Fly Shop. Awesome to be here. Awesome. And I got uh, Rob Bueller. Hey, now, guys. And we got Ryan Bueller. How's everybody doing tonight? So uh, before we get started, um, there was kind of an emergency thing that I want to uh, get all our listeners to possibly do and write in to um, a couple of the uh, fish and wildlife uh, people. But um, it has to do with the uh, California Heritage Trout Program and um, our, our deer, Kern River Rainbow. Um, we've had a, a hatchery here in Kernville for years and a guy named Greg Collinborn, uh, the hatchery manager for over 20 years here uh, in Kernville, uh, kind of started this whole project of getting the uh, native Kern River rainbows into the hatchery. And he did a good job of that. Um, we were raising uh, Kern River rainbows there for uh, many years in the hatchery as kind of a test uh, thing. And uh, he was being uh, very successful at it. And then we've had uh, problems over the years where the wells um, stop working and we needed money to, to get new wells. And so he asked the help of uh, some of the fly fishing clubs and a, a group called Friends of the Hatchery to get grants. Um, and so the Southern Sierra Fly Fishers, um, the club in Bakersfield, the Kern River Fly Fishers, and the fly fishing club over in Ridgecrest called the Agua Bonita uh, Fly Fishers um, all helped to get uh, grants of excess of $350,000 to build new wells uh, at the hatchery, which they did. And um, they also got some more grants to build new runs for the Kern River Rainbow and new buildings to spawn the Kern River Rainbows. And this has been going on since I've been guiding here for the last 20 years. And it's uh, it's been a really neat project. Um, I even helped out in doing the genetic studies for UC Davis um, over the years, um, probably 15 years ago or so. Um, it was a really hard job, so somebody had to do it. <laughs> but um, I just would go up the river and there would be a fishing a wildlife guy standing right next to me with a cow trout guy and I'd catch a fish and hand it to the fish and wildlife guy who would cut the fin, put it in an envelope and then they would GPS it and off we'd go up uh, the river and catch more fish. It was pretty fun. 
But um, with that being said, this was a process and it's really expensive. They had to spend $100 a fish, um, from what I hear, to get it tested. So it was really expensive. And then finally, um, years later, they supposedly had found the uh, purest strain of Colonel Rainbows in a creek called Big Arroyo Creek up in Sequoia National Park. And now I hear that there might be uh, something wrong with that and they might be finding a, a pure strain somewhere else. So I'm not really sure on what's going on with that. Have you guys heard anything about that? No, I yeah. haven't heard anything. We're so out of that loop. Yeah, so I've been kind of following it for 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's been kind of a project um, that uh, it's dear to my heart too. There's this hatchery um, that they have here. It would be the second a native trout hatchery um, in California. The, the other one being the McLeod River Rainbow, I believe. The Red Band. Wow. Yeah. And so... Um, the only other info that I have heard on that, we've spoken with uh, Department of Fish and Wildlife guys that come over from, I think it was Friant on the, yeah. on the west side over by Fresno to dump uh, the trout currently so they used to bring them over to our hatchery here put them in the hatchery and then we would dispense them but now the the guys from frying are having to come over weekly so one of those guys actually was speaking about the hatchery and the continued potential for the kern river rainbow to come here and he was hoping in the future to in two or three years to move over and manage the hatchery over here. Sweet. So, you know, that's that's all we've heard on our end. But still, within the department, they're still talking about that. Yeah, and so I, I just talked to a friend of mine that works with the Fish and Wildlife, and he said that um, we need to get on it and start contacting the director of the Department of Fish and Wildlife. And I've done this before in the past with other issues, and we bombarded people with letters and whatnot, um, but his name is Charlton Bonham. He's the director of the De Department of Fish and Wildlife, and we need to contact him and let him know how important the Kern River Rainbow is to this area, but also to the Heritage Trout Program. Um, there's another person that you guys can contact, uh, the regional manager, her name is Julie Vance, and uh, we can send her emails um, and let her know how important the Kern River Rainbow is. And for those of you that don't know, you know, California is home to 10 native trout. And um, we have three of them in this area. We have the Kern River Rainbow, which we're talking about. We also have the Little Kern Golden Trout. And we have the California State Freshwater Fish, the Golden Trout. And we also, in the state of California, have the Goose Lake Red Band, the McLeod River Red Band, the Eagle Lake Rainbow, the Lahontan Cutthroat, the Paiute Cutthroat, and the Coastal Cutthroat, and the Steelhead Trout. This, this state is amazing. We have more native trout than any other state in the Union, and it's pretty unique to this, uh, to this area that we have three of them, which you can get done on your California Heritage Trout Program. And that is, if you catch six of the ten native trout of California, the Fish and Wildlife will give you Joseph Tomarelli's prints of his paintings, and it'll say your name that you've completed the Heritage Trout Program. So it's a pretty cool deal. We guide a lot of people in this area for those three, the golden trout, the little Kern golden trout, and the Kern River rainbow. So it's real special to us to uh, take those people from all over the world, really, to catch those three. So, those trips are so fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I just had a guy book from Florida come out in June. It's his bucket list trip to get a golden trout on the fly rod. 
Oh, awesome. So, yeah, he wanted to hook it up that time of year when we could have a chance to go up and get them. And that's how unique those fish are. People from around the world come to get them. So uh, we really need your guys' help um, out there. You know, contact the director, Charlton Bonham, and the regional manager of the Fish and Wildlife, Julie Vance. And so we would appreciate any help you guys can throw our way and their way to get the Kern River Rainbow back at the uh, Kern River Hatchery, which is actually a really special uh, hatchery. Do we have any contact information for them, or do we just have to look that up on the department and we'll be able to find that? You know, um, I don't have their emails uh, right here in front of me, but if you go to the the Department of Fish and Wildlife and look up their names, Charlton Bonham, director, the, the emails are right next to their to their names. If you want to contact um, the Fish and Wildlife, the number is 559-243-4005. Excellent. All right, let's get to the let's get to the round table. Oh man. All right. Yeah, so do a little I, uh, fish report? Yeah, fish so report. um I think that we should do these all the time. What do you guys think? Oh yeah, we can you do know, this quite often. Let, let people know um, what's going on out there give them the little intel and what we're doing out there as far as techniques yeah and definitely. that sort of thing um so uh i went fishing today which I was went fishing awesome too. i actually had clients did we all go morning. fishing okay I, I fished the clients. <laughs> robbie had clients awesome. that counts as fishing yeah. so yeah. we fish through our clients when we uh, don't get a fish ourselves so it definitely counts as fishing absolutely so um why don't we start with you rob and, uh, you know, what, it, what I think the, the uh, listeners would like to know is, like, you know, what kind of techniques you were using, what kind of water, what kind of flies, um, you know, where were the fish at, um, that sort of thing. So yeah. I just got off the water. I had a one to five today. It's, it's going on six o'clock here. So just got off the water. Um, fish were really active today. Water temp's about 55 degrees. It's a little off color. The places where I'm taking my clients most often to target the fish is uh, some pocket water and a little bit shallower water, not the real deep, um, the deep turbulent runs, but some some pocket water, a little bit of current coming through, and maybe three, four, five feet deep max, and using a dry dropper technique. So. The flies I've been using on the dry dropper for the most part have been the red fuzzy wuzzy. Uh, that fuzzy wuzzy is representing those salmon flies that have been hatching up and down the river the last couple of weeks. And not a ton of them on the water, but uh, the fish are used to seeing them. So they're coming up and chomping that fuzzy wuzzy. And uh, the dropper about, so I'm using a seven and a half foot uh, 3X tapered leader going to that fuzzy wuzzy. And then the dropper, I'm fishing two flies mainly. The peacock Frenchie over the last two weeks has been very, very consistent. And a new fly, a Pertagon fly called the Slim Shiny uh, that's very similar to the fire Pertagon that's in the shop. It's just a flashy little guy and it's tied very, very slim. Um, And that's been very consistent as well. Today I had two clients, um, an uncle and a nephew. The nephew from Tehachapi had never fly fish he fishes the river a lot um, but he'd never fly fished here so he was um, familiar with the river and uh, just had no uh, techniques as far as the fly went dialed him in right away and he was uh, getting drifts and getting bites right away how did you rig up that dropper off that fuzzy was on the dropper i was run so on the runs i'm fishing are anywhere from two and a half three feet to five feet max and i'm running those uh the droppers about three and a half feet off of the fuzzy wuzzy so pretty deep it's got a 964 so i think a 3.5 millimeter 
a tungsten bead on there, so a little bit heavy to get the, the fly down quickly, that, that dropper fly on both of those, the Peacock Frenchie and the Slim Shady, size 14 on both of those. And it was a 3X tippet. I've been going pretty heavy on that tippet lately. Um, with the off-colored water, the fish are not shy. They're not tippet shy at all. And um, with when we get snagged, sometimes we catch what we call our, our uh, stick fish. When we snag those stick fish, we, we get a chance to pull those out and get our flies back and, and just get back to fishing again instead of busting off right away. So are you tying um, the droppers off the bend of the hook, or are you doing a tag and then putting your, your dry fly? Yeah, I'm going really simple uh, with the off of the bend of the hook um, okay. to make it easy for casting and less tangles for a beginner okay. to intermediate clients. If mm -hmm. I had an advanced client, I might do a tag in. Okay. But for almost all the clients, I'm going the leader directly to the eye of the fuzzy wuzzy and then off of the bend of the fuzzy wuzzy i'm using fluorocarbon tippet so nylon tippet to the fuzzy wuzzy so it floats fluorocarbon off the bend uh, 3x down to that dropper fly and the funny thing today fishing had two rigs uh fuzzy wuzzy on both peacock frenchy on one slim shady on the other and I gave the Slim Shady to one client, uh, the uncle, left him at a run, took the nephew downstream, and we got grabs right away on the peacock. And so uh, maybe five or six grabs, hooked one of those fish, came back, talked to the uncle, asked if he got anything. He said no. He said, can I use one of those flies? So I handed him the same rig we were using. I said, here, just take this rig. Took the Slim Shady rig with the nephew, went downstream to the next run, same thing with the Slim Shady, five, six grabs right away and came back to the uncle and he didn't get any grabs on the peacock. So then we deciphered that it was probably the drift and kind of areas we were fishing and, and we kind of dialed in um, to get the uncle a couple more grabs that way. And today was kind of odd. The last week, a bunch of fish have been rising up and smacking that fuzzy wuzzy. For my clients today, nothing until right at the end, almost five o'clock and had two fish come up for for the nephew which was really cool because it was the first time he'd fly fished uh the uncle was an experienced fisherman so he he'd caught some on the dry so it was awesome to see those fish rise up through the column and cool. grab that fuzzy we didn't hook them but at least they grabbed them right on danny you uh you've been guiding out there and have what have you been doing out there man what have you been doing we've been having a lot of fun um mm -hmm. i've been using almost the same setup as rob um Pretty sure is Ryan too. I don't know. Yeah, it has been. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Uh, up until um, when they started diverting the water, uh, our flows have dropped down to like 130. Uh -huh. So I started using the dry dropper, like the Bueller Bros over here, and that's been doing really good, getting grabs on the fuzzy wuzzy. Uh -huh. um, only got one grab today, and that's the only one I saw come up. For rise, okay. So kind of the same deal as it was a little you. quiet today yeah. on the top water. Yeah. It was. There's less bugs out today too yeah. than yesterday or the day before, just in general. Yeah. So what a lot of people don't know are the flow things that we're talking about. So right. let's talk about that. So um, we have a dam up uh, up river about 15 miles called the Fairview Dam, and uh, they take water out there sometimes, and sometimes they don't. But sometimes they take a lot of water out. And they pump it through the mountain, and it comes back in Kernville in powerhouse number three, and they they re uh, put that water back in. But between the powerhouse, uh, about three miles above Kernville, and 15 miles up above, um, the water can be a lot lower 
than say down here in Kernville. Correct. So mm -hmm. I was fishing the higher water. We'll talk more about that here uh, today. Um, but uh, I want to hear how you're how you're doing stuff. Uh, We've right been fishing. I've been fishing with my clients that middle section where the mm -hmm. water is a little lower and the flows aren't as heavy. Same thing. Been fishing the dry dropper rig, but also the nymph with the indicator for clients. Um, certain holes will be a little deeper. And I've been hitting kind of the pocket waters in between the big boulders in those areas where it's one big deep chute. And we'd be getting a real heavy nymph and hitting those. And a lot of times you'll get just one drift about five feet. You'll pull it out, cast again. But oftentimes the bigger fish are hanging in those really looks turbulent on top, but underneath it's really mellow. And then, like Rob said, we've been fishing those runs that um, come out of those chutes and out of the boulders. They're about 10 feet long at the most three feet high, good seam right down the middle and the soft water right along the side is where we've been getting most of our grabs. Dry dropper rig with uh, Peacock Frenchie's been the best fly for me lately. Mm -hmm. And when we've been hooking that up, I've been using a clinch knot or the improved clinch knot to tie off the bend of the hook of the fuzzy wuzzy, drop it down about three feet has been what we've been using most. And we've been using a loop knot to tie our nymph on which is really important we found. Um, it's called the lefty loop or the non-slip mono loop. It's something all of you want to learn. Rob and I, when we first heard about it, we were trying it with our streamers. And we we're always skeptical of new stuff and we started using it side by side. And whoever was using that loop knot ended up getting like four to one grabs wow. right away. So we switched over to the nymphs and we found the same thing. It just allows that fly to have a little freer movement and like the naturals and you'll start getting more grabs so check out that lefty loop or it's the non-slip mono loop they call it also are you doing that on all your nymphs or just a point all the nymphs all of them, huh? well actually in a two fly rig the yeah. top one i will tie just a clinch knot okay so it doesn't move around as much stays right. a little straighter out if i'm on a tag on the upper if i'm doing an upper if i'm doing a two fly rig and the top one's off a tag end then i do that assert i mean the non-slip mono as well Okay. So yeah, Robbie's been doing, he puts it everywhere. So that really has increased our takes dramatically over the last couple of years. So that's something you guys really want to learn and do. Um, people even do it for their dry flies now and really like delicate tight currents, like up at Hot Creek on the east side and real subtle where the current will just move barely and that fly will have a little more freedom to move. You'll be amazed at how it moves in the microcurrents when yep. you put that loop knot on your dry fly. Yeah, so we use that everywhere. And it's been great. We've been fishing that middle, like I said, that three to four feet water, sometimes even two feet. And we've been getting really consistent grabs when we can get a good drift. That is the key. We've been talking about flies. But like Rob said, when he could get his clients to get a good drift, that's when we've been getting grabs. So you really want to concentrate on your drifts, get a good drag-free drift. A lot of people are mending, but you'll look at that first like foot, maybe two feet of your line, and that'll stay in the water and people are mending that loop behind. And the whole time they think they're mending, but the whole time that front foot is still in the water, dragging your flies. So make sure you really work on your mend, pick that line up, flip it all behind, so you can get a really nice drag-free drift. Use those white bubbles out there as an indicator. You'll see them cruising by, and if they're going faster than your indicator or your top dry fly, you know you're getting a good drift. So work on your drift, and then after that, you can dial in your fly. So whenever we've been getting good drifts out there, we've been getting a lot of takes and fish. So work on that drift, and right now, they've been active in that middle section a lot. <clears throat> Excuse me. 
And so that middle section between the dam and the powerhouse, and it's been pretty much everywhere we pulled over, we've been getting fish. Nice. There, is, there is no hot spot. Yeah. Yep. They're, the wild fish are biting everywhere. Um, the, the Another technique I want to throw in real quick, I've been bringing two rods for each client. So I have the dry dropper set up, and then I've got a, a two fly or a single fly nymph rig. And the reason why I bring that, we'll run the dry dropper through if we get a grab or two, um, or it's a really nice looking run and it's a little bit deeper and we don't get a fish to take, then I'll pull out the nymph rig. It's got a split shot on it and a, uh, I can run it a little bit deeper. I can adjust the depth in the run so I can bring the bobber up a little bit further away from the flies. And we'll, more often than not, we'll get at least one grab after running the nymph through when we've run the um, dry dropper through and, and got a couple grabs or got a couple fish, but we think there's more fish in there. That way the nymph gets a little bit deeper, quicker, and we're, sh we're showing the flies to those fish that are hugging the bottom that aren't in the middle column and moving around more aggressively. You know, I've been noticing uh, those flies, you know, the pertagons and stuff like that. You don't need any weight, really. Those yeah, things just rock heavy. right down at the bottom. A lot of them do, and they yeah. have that super heavy bead totally. on. That's and what's so sweet about yeah. that dry dropper yeah. setup yeah. with that 3.5 millimeter. Yeah. It gets down very quickly. And right now, the water's perfect for the Euro guys in that middle section. It's all three feet, four at the most. For sure. Um, you can control and cover that really thoroughly with that technique out there. Are you guys uh, seeing ratio-wise more wild fish um, through the day, or are you seeing more hatchery fish? What do you guys think? This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Dakova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I lately I've been targeting areas where I'm 
looking for wild fish. Yep, so I'm, sure. I'm going away from the areas where historically they've stocked. And so I've been seeing a ton of wild fish. And we get, we'll get some holdovers that have washed down into the sure. areas that we're fishing. But for the most part, it's 80% uh, wild fish that we're hooking. And a, a lot of small fish, um, well, not small, but we're seeing, I've been seeing with my clients a lot of five to six inch wild fish, which, which I always tell them is indicative of a very healthy water system and the river being healthy. Absolutely. So my, my question to you with those five to six inch fish, do you think those are from two years ago when we had that really nice high water a year or are they further back are they are they more like four years old or are they i you know i asked that question to one of the biologists here and and they say that those are two year that's what i two was year thinking olds. two year two olds year. okay so yeah. so two years ago we had a great water year yeah so that's why i was thinking there were so many of yeah. those in the system right now which is fantastic yeah. right for sure yeah it's really healthy we're catching them from like that like literally three inches you know you know one of the up to you know 15 16. yeah and for those of you that don't know out there, you know, the, the Kern um, has a really neat program where we, we actually have a, an area, it's a 20-mile section of the upper Kern that they actually put fish in um, and they stock it and that sort of thing. But above that, um, above the Johnsondale Bridge, is managed as a wild trout fishery, and that goes up uh, roughly around 50 miles, which is, so we have really neat worlds where we, we have the wild trout fishery, but we also have the put and take fishery which is kind of cool for kids and stuff like yeah, that you roadside know? fishing yeah and so um that's kind of a neat thing that the current has you know for us that love the wild fish we can we can catch them in the 20 mile stretch because they're there as yep. well but also we can go above the johnsondale bridge and and have a good time which i want to yeah. ask you because you were up there about two weeks ago what and what did you find up there above the johnsondale bridge danny yeah um like you said, it's all, it's all wild fish up there. Yeah. Uh, they're super active right now, too. Um, I didn't get any rising when I went out there. I was just nymphing. Um, but I've heard reports from other people that have come back to the shop, and they're mm -hmm. saying they've seen some rising, even have caught some uh, on dries. But I was yeah, just throwing an indicator out there, uh, two nymphs, and I was fishing big pools. Uh, and... I was probably about six feet and deeper and got quite a few grabs and they're healthy, fat looking fish. So they're, they're awesome. Yeah. So that's a pretty neat thing that we have up there for sure. Um, I, and this year we, we all were up there in the fall and it was some of the best, uh, fishing oh, for sure epic. Yeah, epic up there. Yep. and a lot of people don't know about that, uh, whole area up there, but it's a, such a great fishery special regulations meaning you can't use bait or barbed hooks but um you have you can use artificial flies or lures which is kind of kind of neat it kind of protects the fishery up there and the fish get um, can get big can. Up, in, up in that area and then if you head up into the golden trout wilderness you can find some even more magical uh fishing up there for the the Kern River Rainbows and that it sort is. of thing. Into and the forks. Yeah, into the oh, forks. forks and above that. Yeah. And so I got some bad news. I don't know if you guys know this, but the the forks is going to be closed this year because no. of the, the fire. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah. they aren't going to open up the gates going down Lloyd Meadow Road, so we're not going to be able to go up there. The rafting companies aren't going to be able to go yeah. up there, so... <laughs> um, that whole area is going to be uh, untouched for it's a good thing in the yeah. long run maybe maybe, yes. a, maybe a good thing so okay. the other interesting thing about this year being a dry year 
is that we didn't get the uh, the runoff from that soot, which I was. We were uh, all scared about. Yeah, I've seen it. The McNally fire in 2002, I saw like basically like mounds and mounds of ash come down into the river and just annihilate the whole Kern in 2002. Wow. Um, and, and this was, you know, running towards that, that same okay, thing. So obviously it's that ash is still there. Yeah. So and it's like, if we get rains, you so know, I, even after runoff, when I'm thinking, come. what I'm thinking in my brain is little green grass growing <laughs> around. <laughs> yeah. Trying to hold it down. Totally. That's, that's true. what, that's, that's what I'm, happening. That's what I'm hoping, you yeah, know, that awesome. we, we got some grass uh, that's going to hold everything in, you know, and keep yeah. it all dialed. So. Yeah. For sure. Okay, where were you fishing today? Oh, okay. So um, I fished uh, in town, close to town here, and um, I was fishing. Um, you know, the water was higher. Yeah. So I think the the flows are maybe like four, four, four or something yeah. down here. Over four. And it's a hundred where you guys were yeah, today. Ten. So there's a big difference. There's like three hundred cfs difference. Yeah. Um, and I, I want to explain that as well. Like cubic feet per second. You know, people are like, what does that right. mean? Yeah. And, you know, somebody told me one time, it's like, um, if you put like, you know, a basketball is basically like a cubic foot. Mm-hmm. And so it's that many basketballs going down per second. Yeah. If you can imagine that, you know, cubic Straight feet per second. Straight across the river. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So yeah, 400. A piece of rope across it. Yeah. Every second going past that piece of rope. Right. Basketball. Size yeah. So that can kind of. Crazy. Yeah. So yeah. kind of can, so people can imagine that maybe, yeah. you know. So that's what we're talking about when we're saying CFS. So the CFS uh, down where I was fishing today uh, was about 300 more than uh, where these guys were, were fishing. Um, I found all wild fish where I was, um, nothing big, maybe 10 inches was the biggest, but did find uh, lots of uh, wild fish. I was doing a dry dropper. I was using a, a tag coming off from my, my dry fly, but I was dropping down two, sometimes three flies off of that. Dang. But um, I was just checking out different flies, different depths and that sort of thing. Um, the majority of the fish were on the pink prints, or pink um, Frenchie, excuse me. Okay, nice. And, uh, and how si- deep? size 14 or so. And how deep were you? And I was probably about three feet uh, below. That was my first fly, and then I, I had another couple feet below that with my okay. other flies, you know. And I was fishing from downstream to upstream, and I was fishing every pocket you could imagine walking up the river. But then I did have another rod, and I uh, switched over to a streamer, and I fished right back through the water that um, I was fishing, and I, I did pick up some fish on a swing in a Kern Candy uh, behind a, a purple bugger. Nice. Heck yeah. So... That's and fun. I went, I went right back through the same water I fished, where I, I probably didn't pick up that many, but I came back downstream and and cast down and across and swing, had two split shots on to get the flies down, and was stripping across and picked up um, fish on that. Wow. And wild fish on the yeah on the current candy. So you can see so. right there the wild fish are so active, mm-hmm. yeah. multiple techniques, multiple flies. Yeah. Um, as long as you're getting a good presentation, it seems like they're responding. Yeah. Then I was fishing in an area where there's a little side creek. And so I said, I'm going to go explore this little side creek. So I went up the little side creek and uh, stuck a couple fish in the side creek as well. Cool. Wild fish as yeah. well, just hanging out in the little side creek. So that was cool. But I mean, I didn't see one other person fishing today. 
Nice. Which was epic. I didn't yeah. either without, we were out in the morning, eight to 12 clients. Yeah. And we didn't see anyone. Like when I saw Danny's truck, when I came back down the river, he was out fishing. Yeah. yeah. We, we, <laughs> drove, we drove past a couple of people that we saw with rods and coming up and down from the river, but the areas we fished, we didn't see anyone out there with yeah. us. Yeah. Yeah, I drove past you, Rob. I don't know if you heard me honk. I saw you guys down there, yeah. but <laughs> I did the same when I came back past you. Yeah. <laughs> are you guys seeing like on your guide trips? Um, are you seeing a lot of people that are just learning how to fly fish on your guide trips? Are you are you guys taking out a lot of people that are just learning how to? On our personal trips, uh, guide trips from the shop, majority of this year have been brand new. Mm-hmm. like or just like one of the group of three like had fished a little and they're trying to get the other two into it a lot of families who have never fished at all any kind a lot of times you get them where they're conventional first they want to try out fly fishing but this year it's been a lot where my couples today they had never fished at all ever and they just looked up outdoor activities up here and it was oh it looks cool to fly fish yeah. and they came out and had a great day and we had a lot of fun. So most of my clients have been just brand new. Yeah. What about you, Rob? Uh, at least 80%. Yeah. Uh, 75, 80% on the newer side. Yeah. If not first time, then very, mm-hmm. very fresh and very new. So what's it like? I mean, you guys you guys are going out there. These, these folks have never fly fished before. And so, I mean... That's got to be challenging for you guys. I kind of you know? love it. <laughs> I like it because they, they don't have any preconceived ideas. They don't have, most of them don't have a, a goal of how many fish to catch. They just want to go have a good time and learn. They yes. don't have to tell you all the places they have fished that are famous <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of nice with that too. So yeah, yeah, most of the time you get them coming in with a super positive attitude, just wanting to learn. Mm-hmm. wide open they don't have any bad habits you're mm-hmm. starting fresh so someone you get a lot of people who are intermediate and consider themselves experienced fly fishermen they have a series of bad habits they don't have you know horrible habits all the way through but they'll yeah. have a couple bad habits sure. and it's hard to change those because it's just locked in so hard but with the fresh brand new fly fishers you can kind of it's a clean slate they don't have bad habits you can start them out uh, right away. And then when they do catch a fish, the stoke is massive. Oh, right. So, so that's so cool. cool. That's really cool to feel yeah. that and uh, to give that back to somebody. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I got to tell you guys this, uh, this story. Um, you know, I mean, going back to the beginner thing, um, we, you know, working in the shop, you know, I, I haven't been guiding as much and I've been working in the shop a lot more and whatnot. And so I've been spending a lot of time talking to people in the shop more new people too, more, huh? more new people come into the shop and you know we've never been here before you know which is you know hard to believe really you it know? blows me away yeah, every uh, time so many people will come in on uh-huh. a daily basis yeah. that are brand new never yeah. been to the shop but i gotta tell you guys a story it's pretty cool so um i, I want maybe the the uh, listeners can um uh learn something from this and 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 whatnot but um uh, this guy came into the shop, um, and this is the total opposite of what a lot of people do. So I want to tell you guys, you know, the cool thing that happened to me while I was in the shop. So this guy walks into the shop, and uh, I've never met him before, and he's he's holding a six-pack of 805s. 
and he's all, hey, man, I just wanted to introduce myself. My, my name's such and such, and, uh, and I wanted to, uh, here's a six-pack of beer, man, you know, and I, I wanted to, you know, ask you some, some questions of which flies to use and this and that. And <laughs> now that's starting on the right foot. Yeah. <laughs> so what, I, what, I'm getting, what I'm getting at is, like, you know, um, did, I, did I give him all the right flies? Did oh, I tell sure him where did. to go? You know, that, that was a pretty cool thing, you know. And, it, and that's, a, that's a really funny um, scenario because um, on this other guy's uh, show, um, what is his name? The Huge Fly Fisherman, you know, yeah. he talks about etiquette in, in the fly shop, which is awesome. Love that. Love that show. But, I mean, it just makes me remember that guy, you know, forever now. Yeah. You know, walking in the shop and, and giving us a six-pack, you know. I mean, how cool is that? To the opposite you know, where people come in and they ask a bunch of questions. They don't buy one single thing. They don't, um, you know, they just want like all this information and everything. And it's a total opposite, you know? Yeah. So I, it's how many, for all you out there, we really appreciate that. Um, you know, bringing pizzas and, <laughs> and, and bring some tomato fives yeah, <laughs> for us out there. But, um, what about you guys? What have you guys experienced, uh, you know, out there this year, if anything, you know, with your clients, have you had a really bad experience? Have you had a really good experience? Um, Oh, you God, know. that's so good because most of our experiences are just so positive. Get all these people are coming out, having a good time. They're just trying to take a break from life. Yeah. And it's so rare that we meet someone who's in a bad mindset out there. It's sure. really great. Yeah. So I think my only one was just I had a guy, you know, at the heat stroke. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. That's about it. But yeah. other than that, everything's yeah. been just so positive and everyone's so happy and just glad to be out here and then you catch a fish just um improve their their game a little bit and they're just so appreciative and have such a good time it's amazing yeah what about you Robbie? do you have any experience that you stands out that was awesome for you yeah so there, there's a couple negative ones but no need to talk about them because they weren't <laughs> they weren't too horrible you know yeah. and you work <laughs> through them and by the end of the day you're on kind of on the same page and everybody has a great day um, but there's definitely some cool ones that stuck out. I, was, I had a couple for three days uh, that was for one of the heritage trout programs. And it was a, a daughter, father, it was a father, daughter set up. She was mid aged and, and he was a little bit older and they came out for the trip and, and we drove up the mountain on the first day. We, we met in the shop and went through all the introductions and stuff. And then we drove up to uh, the first day we we're going to go fish for golden trout. So we drove up over Sherman Pass and, and got to the water and uh, the daughter came over to me and said that her mother had just passed away recently. Uh, and so this was the first time that he had gotten out of the house. And so she was kind of stoked to get him out of the house and work through it. And then uh, after she whispered, she goes, he's kind of hard of hearing, so you got to talk loudly. And we're fishing for golden trout. The water was super low. <laughs> so he kind of had to sneak around and stuff. And then she's like, you got to talk loud. And, and so, so we had to work through that a little bit. But he yeah. comes around right after that, and she went back uh, to the back of the car to get some of her stuff out, and he smelled quite a bit like whiskey. So I thought, oh, we, this could be a you know a tough weekend. You know, he's having a hard time working through it, and and first thing in the morning here, um, you know, I don't, I'm I'm gonna do my best to work through this, but sure. but I don't know how it's gonna turn out, but but we'll do our best. And we had a fantastic day, super day up fishing for golden trout. Um, uh, great weather catching fish uh, they had a great time together he had never fly fish so it was a, a brand new experience for him uh, getting introduced to the fly fishing and then the next day um, we met at the shop again and and 
you know, I'm kind of thinking the same thing. Are we going to have the same scenario going on? And he was super bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, super stoked to go out on the water. Uh, that day we went and fished for um, the little Kern. I think we did do the yeah. little Kern Goldens yeah. day two. Uh, day three we did uh, the the Kern River, Kern River Rainbow up in the Forks. Fantastic Sweet. experience, all three of those. And then to finish up the weekend, I got this awesome um, handwritten card that was telling how much that helped them get through their experience and moving on mm-hmm. and getting him out on the water and getting him out of the house. And and no whiskey after that first day, no whiskey smell, smile on his face, bright eyed. So cool. incredibly rewarding, yeah. you know, to be able to to yeah. move someone and help someone through an experience like that. I get kind of choked up talking totally, about yeah, it. Totally, yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. I get it. There's a lot like that where it's, yeah. um, a lot of people come out for different reasons and find different value being out here. And a lot of it's that therapy. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's 90% of fly fishing it has nothing to do with catching the fish. Mm-hmm. And it's being able to just come out here, take a little time out and just relax and enjoy the therapy that nature gives us. And, that was a perfect example right there. Just no, for sure. kind of changed his yeah. whole view of things. And it was yeah. awesome. It's amazing what can happen out here. Well, Danny, um, you and know. And then, oh, to oh. wrap that up, they came back. Uh, that was in July. They came back in early October for another trip. And we just did a, a trip on the 20 mile here. And so that got them taking that next step and just going on with life and, and enjoying life, you know, and taking yeah. that next step. So they came back up again four months later. Had a great time as well. So Danny yeah, Housh, so uh, he, he went through uh, the guide school here, and he's guiding now at the, uh, at the fly shop for the fly shop. Um, but one of the things that a lot of people don't know about you is you're an amazing photographer. And um, Thank you. I, I think so. <laughs> oh, incredible. Yeah, that. Yeah, 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 no doubt. Cool. Very, very artsy. Um, you also uh, own your own um, heating and air conditioning uh, company as well. Mm-hmm. And you put all the brand new air conditioning stuff in both the shop and the school. Yeah, it feels great here me, now. Hooked us up. <laughs> Are you a rafting yeah. guide also? Oh, yeah. Do you rafting? I was freezing this morning in the shop and I'm like, Danny, are you in town? <laughs> yeah, I <swing laughs> I by. And then you came by, I hooked it up on some, there's heat pumping out. It was just <laughs> operator air. And then I went out fishing. Um, but I, I met you, was it like, was it a couple years ago or yeah, it's been a few years. And, um, I mean, you're just your personality and everything, you know, just fit as a fly fishing guide and whitewater guide for sure. Um, and all the reports I get from, you know, the people that you're guiding and stuff, you're doing such a great job. So really appreciate that. Um, what about you? Do you have any other stories or anything that so far that you have? Or I don't have any good stories yet. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what about your first trip? My yeah. first trip? Okay, so with you? Yeah. Okay, that was pretty epic. That yeah, was a good one. All right, I was going to say my very first trip wasn't this good by myself. <laughs> no, uh, but when, yeah, me and Rob went out. We took out six guys that most of them never fished in their life. So we took them out. They're all doctors and dentists. And 
they had an epic time because we were constantly hooking up to fish. Do you remember the quote when they came into the shop the night before? They came in to talk to guy out oh, front. Oh yeah, how many pounds of fish are we gonna catch? Yeah, oh that's right. <laughs> so yeah. the pressure was on us yeah, a little bit. Yeah. How many pounds do we get? Yeah, and then we actually wound up catching a lot of fish, and we had to kind of let them know, hey, you know, it's not always this awesome, just so it doesn't ruin them every time they yeah. come up. You know, that's it. A lot of people they come up and they hit that epic day and they don't know yeah. they think it's like that always oh yeah but it's always not, not. always like um, that we got so lucky the pressure was on and we, yeah. we were blessed by the fish gods that day for sure those, it, those guys were great too they had such it, a fun time it was awesome it's so nice when all everything comes together yeah you know the first meeting when you first meet a client and the, the vibe right when you meet them you can either tell if it's going to be a killer day or if it's going to be like a okay day just oh. by the the vibe from the client yeah. the first meeting um, well, that I think is going to conclude our first uh, guide roundtable. Unless you guys had anything else you wanted to say. Now let's see here. Um, what's going on? What's coming up on the river next? What do we got? We've got a little runoff. Oh yeah, it's going to yeah. happen a little bit. Water will come up. It'll go right back down. It'll be soluble <laughs> and creaking. We'll be doing yeah. a lot the more creeks are all open up yeah. again. So that'll be wonderful. Be able to get up and take advantage of those. Yep. So a lot of you know new fly fishers, go check out those creeks. The fish are a little less selective. They have a shorter growing period for winter, and they're more willing to take your flies. So look up on the maps and find out where those little creeks are and go take advantage of those. Go explore around. This year, I think we're probably going to, they're, they're talking about just getting up to about 1,000 CFS. Right. Not even 1,000. Yeah, maybe 1,000. According 1, to our, yeah. our whitewater friends. Mm-hmm. Um, which is super low, you guys. So 25% or something like yeah. that. No, so this, this year, um, you know, we'll probably be fishing the upper Kern, you know, close in the 20 mile section, probably through maybe June and July, the water temperatures are going to be really hot. So we're going to have to go upstream. Um, but we are going to probably be guiding and fly fishing the lower Kern for the smallmouth and largemouth, um, guaranteed last drought that we had. We were really focused on the uh, the lower current and the smallmouth bass and largemouth bass, which was epic. And also this year, Rob and I have a boat over at Lake Crowley. We'll be guiding over at Lake Crowley. You can book those trips through the Kern River Fly Shop. Um, so if you're ever interested in checking out the east side, one of the best fisheries around in the state, um, come and check out Crowley and book a trip with us. We'd love to take you out. I love Crowley. It's an amazing little yeah. fishery. It really is. Awesome. Let me make sure I got this thing here. All right. Well, that concludes the uh, guide, first ever guide roundtable, you guys. And uh, Ryan Bueller, Rob Bueller, Danny Hausch, Guy Jeans. We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks right. for listening. See you later. Bye, guys. I'm Will Cooper, and you're listening to HuntStand's Make Your Mark podcast on the Waypoint Podcast Network. Stick around as I bring you more stories and interviews from veteran hunters and industry professionals who inspire us all to be better equipped in the woods and in life. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern, presented by Abyss Battery, Waypoint TV.